Next on BYUSN, Bears beaten by Brigham Young basketball. The Cougars knock off number 11 Baylor last night. We'll discuss the winning numbers that stood out from the victory. Plus, we hear from the head coach, Mark Pope, on what he loved most about the win, how BYU improved defensively, and what he thinks they can still improve upon before Kansas State. Gregory Rubel joins us to discuss what impressed him the most from last night's big win. And the stat that guarantees the BYU win of at least one game in the NCAA tournament. Yep, it's happening. I guarantee it. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. A winning Wednesday, hey. February 21st. I am Spencer Linton. He is a man who somehow avoided all of the water celebration in the BYU locker room, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, if anyone uses anything but water, oh, it's all stained. It's all, <laughs> so you got to check the... Uh, you got to check every all the laundry in, and uh, you know the suits ruined. No, but in the locker room, uh, you know who gave coach the cooler. <laughs> so Mark storms in there with a the cooler with ice. By the way, it's always random noises, yelling, and then listen. It always evolves into hey, hey, hey. Listen, listen. Here it comes. There you go. There you go. It always gets into the rhythm. But, yeah, look at Mark here. One more look. Let's go! And I think he misses everybody. Seriously, who gave him the cooler? That was the only miss from distance that BYU had last night. 14 made threes. No, it was, it was great shooting that. What a win, man. What a night. It was, uh, it was amazing, man. Good vibes in that as locker room. As bitter as the Oklahoma State game, that was sweet, right? This is what that BYU has done. must mean being opposition in all things, This Spencer. is what BYU has done. When it's yep. gotten weird in Big 12 play, they, they have up. come home and figured it out. So, so Kansas State, I hope BYU just gets destroyed. <laughs> so that Tuesday they beat Kansas. Is that what you're saying? Well, they got to be home. Oh, Coming shoot. home is part of you're right, figuring it out, right? Never mind. Someone's going to clip that part only of what I just I'm said. I'm inclined right. to believe that BYU will have learned from the trap game against Oklahoma State and be more prepared for Kansas State. Perhaps at Kansas, you know, it's a tough game, and then you come home and you, you beat up on TCU. Figure it out against TCU. I like winning, and I like beating top 15 teams and ranked teams because that's what BYU's been doing here. BYU above 500 again in the Big 12. This this time after beating the number 11 team in the country. They were giving it to Caleb Bloner last night, by the way. <laughs> wow. It was good to see him. I like Caleb. Yes. Yeah, parents still live here apparently, so tough night. It was good It was good to see him, and it was good to see, was good to see him. win yeah. a game. I don't like seeing him like airball threes <laughs> no. in the rock, you know, but hey, it's part of the deal when you leave. Oh, what a win for BYU. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Cougar basketball fans, welcome back courtside inside the Marriott Center. Dallin Hall transition three. He got it! Jackson for three. He got it! In on Saunders. What a play! 78-71. BYU over Baylor. Hey, the Cougars bested the Bears last night in the wildlife game of basketball. Number 25 BYU. Will they remain ranked? Regardless of what happens on Saturday, because you beat number 11 Baylor, we'll see. Uh, there were so many good trends that showed up last night that took us by surprise because over the last two and a half, three games, BYU had, frankly, played some weird basketball, specifically defensively, and they weren't making threes. But, I mean, a ton of winning numbers last night. So, Jerem, let's start there. What were the winning numbers in BYU's bounce-back victory last night? First off, luckily it was very well officiated. No one had any complaints about that. I was getting so many texts. I was like, stop. 
texting me about uh, the officials. Second chance points and yes. offensive rebounds were big time for BYU. The Cougars get 16 offensive rebounds, 20 second chance points. They were plus 16 in that space. That was big time. BYU's ability to rebound against a long, athletic, physical team like Baylor is tremendous. They won the rebounding battle down in Waco. Didn't yield a fruitful result. This did. And here's Scott Drew, Baylor head coach, on BYU's domination of the glass. Typical uh, big, big 12 game. Um, uh, close. And uh, I thought the crowd really gave uh, 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 BYU a great lift uh, going to the glass especially. Um, 20 to 4 second chance points. They deserve the win. We didn't deserve it. Um, and we're all disappointed by our rebounding performance. Um, uh, God's given us a great platform. It's great for people to see Big 12 basketball. Um, we're, we're a tougher team than we showed tonight, and that, that, that we're all disappointed by that. Perhaps the toughest was Spencer Johnson. Oh, man. Eight days now away from uh, baby boy's due date on leap year, leap day. Nine, Nine rebounds! Nine rebounds for Spencer Johnson. He was awesome. He was awesome. And, again, because so many different guys played integral roles, notably Ali Khalifa, probably a little bit understated and underappreciated. But I'm glad you brought him up because his role was massive Absolutely. on the glass. And it was great because early, Baylor hit a bunch of shots, right? But BYU was getting, um, you know, creating some turnovers, and they were hitting the glass hard, yes. giving themselves second chances. And that kind of helped them wade through the first 15 minutes before they took the lead and then didn't lose it. It was the survival mode yeah. early in the game. It was how yeah. BYU was competing against Baylor's red-hot shooting. Yes, and you can control how hard you hit the glass, how hard you play defense, right? You can't always control whether you make an open shot. Like, of course, well, why don't I just make it? Sometimes the ball just doesn't go down. BYU was doing things within its control, yes. reacting. They were the enforcer. They were the one getting at the basket. Um, they were, you know, and it was physical. Like, they called the N1 eventually there for Spencer Johnson, but he got knocked off the ball hard. Miro Little got hit by Richie Saunders. He was hitting, too. Like, I, I don't know what was going on there, but uh, <laughs> it got very physical, and BYU matched that physicality. I had a few people at halftime ask me, how in the world is BYU winning this game right now? Because of the weird start. Yeah. And I quickly pointed to two things. Offensive rebounding, which led to second chance points. At halftime, it was 13-0 BYU in second chance points. And then the Cougars started to make some threes, led mm -hmm. by Ali Khalifa late in the first half. BYU had made Born eight. They had made eight by halftime. And Baylor, in spite of starting three for three from beyond the arc, Man, they went ice cold. They made four. So BYU had doubled up the three-point makes, and they had dominated on the glass and the second-chance points. And I was like, okay, that is the formula. And it continued through the second half. Yes. Let's talk three-point shooting is another number, right? BYU obviously makes 14. Awesome. 39%. That's most in a Big 12 yeah, game, Big by 12 the way. Yeah, Big 12 high. They had, who, they had 13 against somebody else. But. I can't remember. But it wasn't a team like Baylor. Uh, Baylor... Came in as the number four three-point percentage shooting team in the country. By Ken Palm's metric, number one at nearly 41%. They go 25%. They finished two of 17. That was amazing. Not only did you have to make them, you had to defend Baylor from the three-point line. And BYU did a tremendous job. And you see the balance of BYU. We've talked about how great of a T-E-A-M this is. Six different players made a three. And here's Jackson Robinson on BYU killing it from distance. Uh, just staying aggressive. Um, it goes back to Coach talking about us being on our toes. 
uh, getting downhill, looking for the open man, playing off two feet, uh, just little things like that. And it always ma makes it easier to have him on the court. So um, big praise to Ali for making sure he's finding the open man. Once again, Jackson Robinson hitting critical shots down the stretch. Last seven points for BYU. This is kind of what he does now. He's the guy that wants to take the big shot and make the big shot. Although, I do need to give props to my guy Trevin Nell because Baylor started to make it a little bit weird with under three minutes to play. They cut the BYU lead to four after the Cougars had mm -hmm. missed a couple of bunnies at the rim. Richie Saunders missed yep. a layup down. Hall couldn't finish the layup. I was afraid that was going to come back to bite BYU bad. And then Trevin, talking with him after the game, he said, man, we, we were up eight, and then mm -hmm. it was six, and then it was four, and I was like, all right, we got to do something. Out of the timeout, they draw up a yep. set play for Trevin Nell. With 3.10 left, yeah. And he makes the shot. Just huge. And I'm so glad for him because of the frustrations that he's been through this season. He shot 19% in the last seven games from three. Like, he was not shooting it great. But in the Marriott Center, he shoots 43%. And it got down to a four-point game. That made it a seven-point game with 3.10 to go. Little bit of breathing. Yes. Down. Big shot. Little Big bit, shot. yeah. Just that, just that emotional pad. You need to be like, okay, mm -hmm. I think BYU is going to win this game. So Trevinell hits that shot, and then Jackson, the last seven points, seals the deal. That three, by the way, oh. is such a great play. They ran not one, not two, but a third player now, Jackson Robinson, off of Ali Khalifa, who then flares. By the way, oh, he yeah. doesn't take the screen. He comes back, takes it that way, I guess. Dallin finds him, bang, and it was like, oh, BYU's going to win this. They're making clutch shots that's, right now. That's what chemistry does in an offense because yes they have the base of Ali Khalifa or Dallin Hall out front but they're running so many different motions off of these screens and, and it would be a nightmare to defend it is a free-flowing <laughs> offense but they know each other well they know yeah. the body language they they are on the same page in large part it and helps to have that continuity of roster yes, right from your that, matters. Yeah. that matters that matters that shows up in that moment you're yeah. getting some really nice looks late in the game so BYU does it again from the three-point line. Uh, they rediscover the magic that they had for much of the season. By the way, at four times they've hit 13. They've never gotten to 14 three-point makes in Big 12 play mm. until last night. That's awesome. Okay, points per possession allowed, by the way. I, I brought this up uh, earlier this week. 1.183 from Baylor. Why is that important? Um, because BYU is 7-1 when it's 1.189 or fewer. Okay. When it's higher than that, they've lost every game in Big 12 play. So here are the points per possession allowed in the wins. UCF at home got weird at the end. Look at Baylor, second highest points allowed per possession in a win. Um, and and you look, Cincinnati is the outlier, which um, is the only loss, right? Point nine seven three. BYU played good defense. Is the point? BYU played good defense, which is fantastic. And then. They shared the ball and didn't turn it over. Spence. Seven that turnovers. Time. Only seven turnovers. They got back to that three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Oh, bunkers. That they're aiming for as a team. Yeah. And that's led by, once again, Ali Khalifa. Seven assists, zero turnovers. Dallin Hall responded nicely from um, a five-turnover game at Oklahoma State to a six-assist, one-turnover game. Tremendous from the sophomore. And that's he another understated performance. Right. He has not completed his sophomore year. Dallin Hall is one of the best young point guards BYU's ever had. Nobody has had to play this schedule. Nobody had to do it as an underclassman. And nobody's you playing 35-plus I mean? minutes a game on the red. And getting hammered, right? Like, th this kid's awesome. And I call him kid because he's, what, he's been off his mission only like two years? 
He's still a young dude. He's like 22, and but he is he is doing great. And uh, you know, Baylor only eight assists. A lot of ISO, a lot of NBA stuff with with Bridges and Walters and Misi's really good. By the way, we saw some real NBA talent there. Which, by the way, good to see Keontae George there, which was cool. Some we'll talk big about names later. in the building. Zach Wilson yeah. there. Uh, KVN does it again. So that was awesome. Listen, they're all there to watch Ali Khalifa. And so are Scott Van Pelt and Stanford Steve. The country Steve. kind of fell in love with Ali <laughs> if they hadn't seen him yet. They saw him last night, which is really fun. Let's talk about his stat line, which is just wild. 14 points on 5 of 7, shooting 4 of 6 from the three-point line. What five-man is doing this? <laughs> nobody literally is doing the points and assists as a five and from three. There's nobody like Ali Khalifa. Nobody. Seven assists, zero turnovers, seven rebounds. This is why Stanford Steve says, my favorite player in the country. I asked him after the game about the airball three, and he's like, I had to have a heat check. <laughs> and after I airballed it, I went back to Coach Figure, and I was like, hey, was that a good shot? And he's like, don't make me answer that question. <laughs> Just don't do that again. <laughs> you, when you make four, you can airball one. It's just fine. Do, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's acceptable yep. for sure. Yep. Uh, in fact, let's hear from Ali Khalifa on what allowed him to find such success against a tough Baylor team. I was just being more aggressive, I feel like. Team's been pressuring me a lot. I'm just trying to figure out how to be effective on offense still while they pressure me. I feel today I was just aggressive getting inside the three-point line. We've been emphasizing this with Coach Pope and the bigs. Um, yeah, just being more aggressive and guys were cutting wide open because people were scared of us shooting threes. So we were getting wide open layups, and I was just all I needed to do just to pass the ball to them. And Ollie wouldn't say this. Pass the ball, bro. <laughs> Come on, why are you downplaying? like when in BYU history have we felt like yes the center should shoot threes like this is fun to watch the the ability of BYU to stretch the floor and then they stretch it not just uh you know on the three-point line they stretch it horizontally with the way they spread out the way they pass the ball unselfishly led by Ali led by Dallin it's just fun basketball to watch like this is the culmination of all the great BYU teams um but without a superstar, right? Just a great team. They can do a lot of different things. They've played a tougher schedule than they've ever played. And it's just really fun to see. To me, this is the second best win of the season. Iowa mm. State's still better. But this is the second best. And you, got, you beat number 11 in not only net, which BYU is now, by the way, today, dropped despite playing number – I don't know how that works. But um, BYU uh, could maintain a top 25 ranking. Stays above 500. On ESPN, in the SVP, made a real – National splash, which is awesome, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But in the standings, you're seven and six now, tied with TCU, which is awesome. They're and, uh, one game out of sixth. third. They're one game out of third place. How about that? Like if BYU beats Kansas State uh, on Saturday, they got a real shot of like being in fourth or fifth. Depending Going into on Kansas how it next Tuesday, out. yes, which is exciting. Just be on the left side here. Be in the top seven. Put yourself in a good spot. Win a game in Kansas City. And and by the way. BYU is, what, one, two games away from feeling like, okay, they're in the tourney. It's just what seed? Like, we expect BYU to make it, to win, but I mean, like, if they lost the rest. And then beat Oklahoma State? Yes. They would be They'd still fine. be in. They'd they still be, be in the tournament. Now you don't have to beat TCU at home, per se, by the way. It'd be nice if you did, but you don't have to. That win not only made up for Oklahoma State, it was, it was a it was plus that. It was like one and a half wins or two wins. If BYU, because Baylor's good. Yes. If BYU can, can pull a road split here in Kansas, now they have a real opportunity to finish 10-8 and eight in conference. Then it's possible. You have to beat TCU and Oklahoma State. 
right? You're not I at Iowa State and at Kansas, I'm just chalking those up as L's. If if they're wins, I am surprised, I'm excited, I am exhilarated, all of those. They are a combined 25 and 0 at home this year. Neither team has lost a home game. Yeah, they they're I tweeted earlier, I can't remember, but it's something like that. Um it's it's awesome. Where BYU's at is they're in a great spot. Yes, unbelievable. I also had a few people after the game say, "Hey, I was watching BYU Sports Nation, including the Popes. Like Mark Pope's parents were there, and they're like, nice. you were wrong.'" <laughs> and I was like, "About what?" And they're like, "You said BYU wouldn't win by four plus." And I'm like, "You're right. I did. <laughs> I did say that." I love uh, being wrong on that uh, stuff. I, I felt like yeah. BYU, I, I said, what I said was, I think whoever has the ball last is probably going to win the game. It felt like it was going to be that type of game, yeah. and it was kind of pacing for that. But BYU wins by seven again. So, yes, I was wrong. But I did say, Which and Jeremy will back me up on, on this. Show history is crazy. Why I was hopeful was because BYU has this trend yeah. of coming home. That's a good identification. And trend. figuring it out and winning a big game. Like, they have done it now three different times. Like, this is who they are. They're so good we at, signed up at for rebounding. This. When, we, when we went to the Big 12, it was like we signed up for games like that last night. Absolutely. And the, the crowd responded and the team responded, and it was awesome. Well, the nation responded as well on Twitter in large part. BYU got a ton of love. John Rothstein tweeting, Ali Khalifa is going to be a darling in the NCAA tournament. Old man type game, but so effective. <laughs> Old man. BYU is the surprise of the Big 12. Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned Stanford Steve, and I quote, my favorite player in the country, speaking of Ali Khalifa. That's cool. It's fun to hear those guys giggle about Ali's game and the way he passes. Like, super fun to watch those highlights on SVP. We're not the only ones that giggle, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Seth Davis uh, said, BYU getting ready to finish off Baylor. Cooks have made 14 threes tonight. Terrific performance. But Baylor's D leaves much to be desired. Seth tweeted on Saturday about BYU doesn't appear ready for March. What? So this is a makeup tweet from Seth. From Seth. Seth, we need to get you on the show so you can explain yourself. We're going to call you Tony Padilla, who last night <laughs> was just off his game. Tim Lacombe from the top rung talking about Tony Padilla on Twitter. He's always too funny. emotional. It was pretty funny. Angry. Uh, good to see KBN and Zach Wilson at the yeah. game, as we mentioned. Keontae George, big-time stuff. Seth Greenberg, as hey. part of that crowd at the Marriott Center, saying it's the toughest place to play in the Big 12. Ooh, Jay, Jay Billis, Kansas Jay Billis said that to us earlier this week as well. Yeah. He said it's probably the toughest place to play. Like There are a lot of tough places to play in the Big 12, but just, just Quite maybe the, compliment. the Marriott Center might be the toughest, which is wild. 14-2, and 5-2 and two in Big 12 at home. They have guaranteed to have a winning home record, by the way. Now, amazing after that winning. In Big Twelve players, yes, yes, guaranteed to have Love a it. winning Big Twelve home record this Love season. It. Our question of the day: What was your favorite moment from BYU's win over Baylor? Lauren underscore J underscore Smith on X says, "The feel that the team may just be at full strength from illness and injury." Yeah. But I love me some Jackson Robinson and Richie Saunders oh. blocks. Richie Saunders blocked a lottery pick. Yes, he did. Oh, the, the block <laughs> late in the game was fantastic because Richie's recognition on defense of when to switch, how to play it, yeah. to stay in front of his man. And then Jackson had the swat of the night. I mean, you're, oh, like, yeah. just. He's so long. Seven-foot reach. Let's go. Wow. Caleb McKay on Instagram. Khalifa dominating an entire team more athletic than him. Yes. You, everyone has some kind of skill they can make great. And Ali has a couple, right? And he, said he, finally, he said he finally felt like back to his usual self after the flu. Like oh, he, he that's was, great. Because like, his knee is not healthy still, by the way, which is crazy. Oh, Joe Tegardine on X. Coach Pope's technical. 
he got in the ref's head and the calls shifted. It was, it was worth him. it. It was on the bench, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was on the bench. It was worth it. You got a bunch more calls. It fired up the crowd, fired up the team. It was worth it. The flagrant kind of did that in a way, too. Like, the trends after the flagrant and the technical Yeah, flagrant. that was a weird play. Too. BYU both went, and, like, the emotions shifted towards the Cougars. Hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Women's Hoops, big game tonight. TCU, 9 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. I know the commentators. They're my friends. And BYU Radio. Chef's my friend, too. Yes. You and Kristen on the call. Let's go tonight. Big one for the women. Up next, let's hear from BYU head coach Mark Pope. My one-on-one post-game, if you didn't feel like staying up super late, well, we got you. You can hear all of it next. What impressed him the most about the win over Baylor? 25th ranked BYU Cougars host, the 11th ranked Baylor Bears. Khalifa to the cutter, water in, Since the last game, we all got mad and we all wanted to play a better D and we showed it tonight. Can BYU keep that anger and take it on the road to Kansas State? That is the challenge. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is a winning Wednesday. Number 25 BYU upsets number 11 Baylor. Well, well what do you mean? Vegas said BYU is the favorite and the cover. BYU dog. holds serve. Funny, right? <laughs> it's, it's such a weird dynamic. That line was so weird, but in the end, Vegas was right again. Vegas was right again. Yeah. Mark Pope made his way out of the locker room, and you made a note of this in the postgame yes, last night, but it was visible to see just the relief and almost the exhaustion that he had because he expended so much energy going into this postgame interview, but he had, as he usually does, great insight. What impressed him the most and some of the individuals that stood out in last night's win? This is my one-on-one with Mark Pope last night. Well, Coach, I can't think of any other way to explain what night in and night out of the Big 12 is like other than emotional warfare, but it, you did it again tonight. Um, and after a tough loss, what does a win like tonight mean for your team, given what you just went through? It's important. We, you know, we talk about responding all the time. And, and um, you, know, you know, Baylor barely won at Oklahoma State. That's just how good this league is. Um, and, but our guys came back in a little bit uh, you know, we had some questions that we needed to answer, and um, I'm super proud of how the guys responded. Really proud of how they responded, because this is a grinder, and and um, the ability to kind of come back fresh and attack the day has been really special with these guys, and they were great the last couple of days. You're very open about the defensive struggles and issues that your team had had over the past few games. How did you feel about the defensive performance overall tonight? And maybe what are some of the differences you saw? Yeah, it was really it was really locked in. Minus the first five minutes, we were, you know, it's so much of this is. Um, it sounds funny because most of us think about the defensive end as like grit and fight and, 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 and effort. And that is true. But the defensive end is also confidence. It's so much confidence. It's confidence that like I can fully commit to a bottom and trust my first best guy. It's confidence that I can like take a best route on a ball screen and, and know that I'm actually going to be able to, you know, V back switch and have a bottom there to kind of protect me just for a second. And it's the confidence that you, you can be there on the catch and catch the move to really sell out on being there on catch and catch the move. And, and um, our confidence was a little bit shook, and I was really proud of our guys responding well. Coach Fennell did an unbelievable job um, kind of helping prep these guys to approach this game. And, and of all the really great stats, there were so many good stats, the seven turnover game and the you know, back to 14 made threes and, and this, uh, you, know, uh, you know, on and on. But the stat we're probably most proud of is the 37 points we gave up in the first half and the 34 we gave up in the second half. Really, really proud of that. 
Yeah, it's one thing to just get defensive confidence back, but to do it against a Baylor team that is elite with elite shot makers. I mean, what kind of added significance does that take? Yeah, this is um, this is clearly one of the most difficult teams to guard in the league. Um, you know, the second thing I'm most proud of is that we didn't we didn't we didn't lose the game at the line, um, and I was really proud of our guys for that. At the end of the first half, we had a couple throwaway fouls where we just bailed them out of really tough shots, but we were pretty solid and committed to doing things the way we do them, and we, and we did a nice job keeping it off the line. Uh, and doing that against Baylor is um, there's very few teams in the country that have done it this year. Certainly helps when you make 14 threes, and your team's been averaging almost 12 makes a year. You got over the 35 attempted mark as well with 36. What what allowed that to happen tonight? You know, it's um, I thought our guys played really free offensively, and um, I was really proud of the way they played. Uh, you know, we started out the game not great. You know, it was 8-0 and you know down 0-8 and and 13-6 uh, and then 13-8 and and then we kind of. We found some emotion in it by one securing the defensive end, and then our guys were not tentative on the offensive end. Um, guys were outrunning. Clearly, it was nice to have Ollie back as a 14-7 and 7 and 0 guy. I mean, that's a real luxury. And so I think this was the first game back since he was so ill that he felt better. But um, really proud of the guys' thrust and confidence and uh, and execution offensively. Let's talk a little bit more about Ali. And you talk about the spacing that he creates on the floor. For those that might know the nuances of the game, what, what does that mean for your team when he is healthy and that spacing is back? It means a lot. I mean, he's a point guard for us. So we, we spend so much of the time running stuff through him. You know, Dallas is carrying such an immense load. And Trey is uh, making a big contribution right now. And Jax is, you know, played some minutes with the one today. But when we do that, either Dallas tired or the game speaking or Jax or Trey is in there, uh, Ali is so comforting because because literally we just get the ball down get it to him at the top of the key and then we have a hundred different actions we run off it and fortunately our guys are so committed to cutting hard that it works Spencer Johnson is going to be an understated guy in this game but uh, I mean nine rebounds and your guys really got after it on the glass what what did you see that allowed success there yeah I mean for us to follow up an 18 offensive rebound game with 16 is really impressive um, and you know Spence for example having the back-to-back -back offensive rebounds down here on the baseline in the waning minutes of the game was just incredible effort and energy Jackson Robinson on the glass you know he, he is you know that's probably not one of the places where he is a star but he made some real energy efforts on the glass um, and really it kind of kept us in the game the first few minutes we weren't scoring but we were getting second chance opportunities every time and so we all felt good we're like nah this is fine we're actually our energy is right and so we knew that the game would come back to us a little bit because of our effort on the offensive glass how do you navigate the emotions of a game like that it's obviously intense there's a flagrant foul there's a technical foul there are frustrations from missed calls like how do you, how do you work through that um, that's actually my job, um, and I'm getting better at it. Uh, you know, I'm a super emotional person, and and so um, me being a little more just as flatlined as I can be helps us. And it was a super emotional game. You know, Richie, Richie played an outstanding, outstanding game, um, and you know that 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 F1 foul was legit, and it's it's something we need to avoid. And it's it's just you're so in the emotion of the game, right? But our guys have done an unbelievable job in timeouts about taking a breath about them talking to each other about staying focused on kind of one key thing that they're verbalizing and I think it's helped our whole team kind of stay more even and you know that's a lot of training from the squad they've been incredible for us how do you stay even keel after a game and the emotions like we're experienced tonight uh, I, you know what 
uh, one of the ways is just loving the moment. Like, like I hope, I, I mean, come on, this gym was on fire tonight. And, and um, you know, you don't get to do this forever. And we don't get to share this forever. And you don't get this every year. I don't know what it is, 14 or 15 weeks, we were in the top 25. And, and um, you know, we don't get to witness a team that is kind of like suffered and sacrificed to be together like this group has. And, and we don't get a first year in the Big 12. And so um, I think we're all trying to love the moment, just love the moment and take it in. And that's pretty special. All right, we'll finish with this. If you had to be nitpicky, and you can pinpoint one thing that you really want your guys to work on, even after a critical win, what would it be? Back to the same thing, trust. Like our trust on defense took a big step tonight and, and we need to keep going that way. Like we need to keep trusting ourselves. We can do this, we can do it together and we do it a little different, but we can do it together. And when we have faith in what we're doing, we don't second guess, we're not on our heels on the defensive end, we can be really functional. That was a, a major step forward for us. Coach, congratulations on a great win. Appreciate you. Let's go cool. I like that he brought up just the confidence required on defense. Mm -hmm. It's not just about shooting and scoring, but like there is a swagger that you can take in from preparation and knowing where you're supposed to be and trusting where your teammates are going to be. And we saw that return for BYU. So I know it seems like a simple concept, but I, we don't discuss like, hey, like defend confidently. Defensive confidence is interesting. Yeah. And he was... He was clearly tired and spent there because oh. that wasn't the normally, normally bubbly Mark Pop. He was no. like, <sighs> typically there's a fashion statement, yeah. but he'll nope. make, he'll make a reference to a tie it. or a suit or his socks or shoes. Now, or he'll whatever. be that way again tomorrow night on the Pope Show, for <laughs> yes. sure. Yeah. But like after that game, uh, after Oklahoma State, it took a lot to get that win. It was awesome. BYU basketball with Mark Pope, as mentioned, tomorrow. 8.30 Eastern, talking about a big win against Baylor. Big game at Kansas State, Saturday, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. And how about what's up next? The stat that all that but guarantees <laughs> that BYU will win at least one game in the NCAA tournament this season. Okay, then. Dramatic much? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. We're on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're hanging out in Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. It's time for some winning headlines this Wednesday. Number 25 men's basketball beat number 11 Baylor 78-71 for its third ranked win this season. BYU dominated the glass, scoring 22nd chance points off 16 offensive rebounds. Ali Khalifa, 14 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, 0 turnovers. Cougars now 19 and 7, 7 and 6 in Big 12 play. Cougars follow spots, number 11 in the net, still an amazing number. Went up a spot in Ken Palm to number 15. BYU plays at Kansas State, who they beat in Provo on Saturday. BYU won 19 games all of last season. They're already at 19. I'm pretty sure they're going to do more than 19 this year, Spence. Mm -hmm. Some 19s are created. Unequal. <laughs> okay. BYU women's basketball back to work tonight when they host TCU. The Cougs have won three of their last four, trying to bounce back after a loss to Kansas. TCU won the first meeting this season in Fort Worth. Cougars currently 5-9 and nine in the Big 12. TCU 3-11 and 11 after the Horn Frogs started the season, a program best 14-0. Then half their team got injured. Then they held midseason open tryouts. You can watch starting at 9 Eastern, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus, and listen on BYU Radio. They have a volleyball player on the basketball team there. Like it's they, unbelievable. They had, they had open, yeah, open tryouts. It was crazy. Baseball continues its road trip. They're at Cal today, 8 Eastern time on the BYU Radio app. Cougars went 1-2 and two in the MLB Desert Invitation, one Mesa, Arizona. 
BYU Women's Volleyball announces the signings of three more recruits, Elena Mortensen, Lulu Uluave, and transfer Shersti Strong to the 2024 recruiting class. Mortensen, an outside hitter from Draper, Utah. Uluave is a libero from Laie, Hawaii, and Strong is a transfer from St. Mary's. Strong was a baller, led the uh, WCC in blocks per set, fifth in hitting percentage. And then uh, Mortensen is Nina Puikinen's daughter. Oh, a, let's go, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome. Those are today's headlines. Now to the Big 12 Roundup. Yeehaw! Number 23, Texas Tech beat TCU 82-81. Jameer Nelson Jr. had a three that would have tied. Teammate caught it, put it in. One point loss there. TCU led by as many as 10 there. Uh, Pop Isaac scored 19 points. He had a three-point play. 39 seconds left. Texas Tech 8-5 in the Big 12. TCU falls 7-6. Tied with Brigham. TCU will be in here in a week and a half. West Virginia beats UCF by 10. The Mountaineers snap a four-game losing streak. UCF's loss streak now extends to four of their own. Raekwon Battle, good player, 24 points to lead the Mountaineers. Both teams now 4-9 and nine in the Big 12 following the game. Battle gives me Jordan Clarkson vibes a lot, by the way. Yeah, I can see that. Is, very skilled player. Oklahoma State at Cincinnati, only game in the Big 12 tonight. Both teams coming off wins. Of course, Oklahoma State beat BYU, Cincinnati against uh, UCF. Oklahoma State hasn't won a road game yet this season. They're trying to make it tonight. Cincinnati 5-7 in the Big 12. Oklahoma State 3-9. I can't wait for the rematch in Provo. Let's go. <laughs> Senior day, too. It's Come on! Big day. Yeah. That wraps up the Big 12 roundup. Now some opinions in the whip. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. You teased. There's a stat that guarantees BYU is going to win in the NCAA tournament. Here it is! This graphic was shown on ESPN last night showing uh, the most wins against AP-ranked teams for BYU in a single season. Mm -hmm. After last night, that's up to three, by the way. BYU in the regular season had never beaten three different ranked teams. Pretty awesome. Okay. The only other teams in BYU history with three more ranked teams won at least one in the NCAA tournament. You look at Ainge in 81, right? Jimmer and the gang in 2010-11, uh, 87-88 was a great team. They all won at least one game, if well, not two, Spencer. Well, well, So does this mean BYU is winning at least one game in the NCAA tournament based on this graphic? I think it does because when you beat that many ranked teams, seeding is typically favorable and you're set up to do something like, you know, win a game in the NCAA tournament. So at this point, BYU already has three wins over ranked teams. Could, could they finish with as many as five They'll by the have end of the season? Kansas, maybe TCU, Iowa State, and maybe what a game or two in the tournament. In the tournament. No, no BYU team will have been more prepared for Nancy a tournament than this one. The way they've been weathered, the way they've had to go out on the road and face tough yeah. competition. It doesn't guarantee you win, but I won't be shocked if BYU does, and that'll be the expectation for this team, by the way. Now, the BYU fans are like, no, tell me it guarantees it. <laughs> yes, if BYU, yeah, because BYU it. has beaten three ranked teams already, they're, they're going to win an NCAA tournament game, at yeah. least one. At least one, yeah. And then that second round game, that's the type of ranked win you've been getting. Yes. Most of those have come at home, right? Or has it been all, all three at home? Yeah. Yeah. Rick Patino congratulated Mark Pope on last night's win over Baylor with this post on X. Quote, so proud and happy for BYU coach Mark Pope. With his great win versus 11th ranked Baylor, our captain of one of the greatest college teams ever assembled, 1996 champions, speaking of that Kentucky team, we love you, Mark. So happy for you. This is just adding to the prestige of, like, all of the attention that BYU got. So, in a weird way, does this mean BYU is now going to play St. John's at Madison Square Garden next season? That's what we really want with the relationship <laughs> between these two, right? It'd be really fun if BYU could connect and play the Johnnies in MSG 
next year. That'd be really fun. It'd be cool for BYU to play at MSG and not in the NIT Final Four. Well, they can't even do that anymore because the NIT Final Four is in the Orleans. Yeah, and uh, none of us uh, want that. No offense to the Orleans, but <laughs> we've been there, done that. Uh, BYU <laughs> Baseball at Cal tonight, 8 Eastern. You can listen to it with Dave McCann on the BYU Radio app. Up next, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us after the break to discuss his favorite moments and numbers from last night's win. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here, and we welcome in the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, who joins us to, I guess, just you know, bask, bask yes. in this wonderful, yes. amazing win by BYU over Baylor last night. It may be cool and gray and soggy outside. It's oh, a beautiful morning. Warm. It's Absolutely. a beautiful morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You're basking in the warmth of this victory. Yeah. Uh, Greg, so many great moments last night, so many great numbers and trends that BYU kind of broke after the last three games. So let's just start with that kind of all-encompassing question. What were your favorite moments and stats that you take from last night's game? Well, I, I, I really want to focus on defensive stats because, you know, although BYU was winning games recently, there was some slippage and, and the vibe wasn't quite right. They were winning, but, you know, it, it kind of felt like they weren't maybe themselves or, or how they like, were like, let's play like us, let's be us. And they got back to being them, it felt. You hold Baylor to, to 37 and 34 in two halves, a 71-point night. That's a low number for that Baylor team. And, um, you know, they, they're, they're so expert at winning games in which they outshoot the opponent. You don't win games against Baylor when they outshoot you. And Baylor outshot BYU last night. And it was the first time in 93 games <laughs> that they outshot an opponent and did not win. Well, how does that happen? Wild. Opportunities. BYU got 15 more shots up. Courtesy of great ball security, only seven turnovers, and a ton of offensive rebounds. They've got 34 offensive rebounds in the last two games, Wild. 41 second chance points in the last two games. Now, they lost 1-1, but it says the energy's there. It says the hustle is there, and they are grinding for opportunities, which is what you need against a team like Baylor, and they got them. And, and then when, when so many of your opportunities are turning into three-point attempts, you know, BYU takes 36 and, and, shoots in the high 30, or, and shoots in the high 30s, Baylor takes 20 and shoots at 25%. Well, well there's your ball game. BYU will win that game. If they're going 14 for 36, they're going to win most yes, of those games. Yes. That's kind of a wheelhouse game for BYU. And 14, by the way, is the most they've made in any Big 12 game yet this year. The most, I think, since the Wyoming game in, on December 30th. So this was a high watermark for BYU. But again, showing they don't need to be... They don't need to be 45%. If they're in the, in, in the, in the mid to high 30s, they're going to win a lot of those games. In fact, I think they're now 17-2 and two when they shoot 33% or better. That's one of every three. That's not crazy. Not crazy. It's good. But 17-2 and two when they're 33% or better. When they lose games, they're in the high 20s, yeah. low 30s. Uh, but last night, the kind of game that BYU is going to win. So as many good things happened offensively, I just love the defensive effort. And it just felt like it was back. Like there was just... There was an engagement. It felt like, like what happened in Stillwater was kind of, if not necessarily needed, 
they 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 built off of it and it said you know what we're gonna we're not gonna have that just be a, a, a down note and something we have to live with we're gonna build off of that and take that moment and learn to play better because of it And I think they did last night you'd like to win both Oklahoma State and Baylor but if I told you you only win one I'd take Baylor over <laughs> Oklahoma State because BYU made that a quad two by being a top 10 team so in the end that was a, a really nice turnaround from a tough yeah. loss and maybe BYU wins last night because they lost on Saturday Perhaps. because of what got addressed during the week, right? Um, because, again, it, if you got slippage but you're winning, it's not as urgent as if you got slippage and you lose a game you're not supposed to lose. It really kind of increases the urgency. And so maybe one begot, begat the other last night. And I really do think that what comes up next, which is Saturday in Manhattan, BYU has a much better chance to win that game now because of two things. What happened last night, which proved to them we're still good. We're still really good. And yes. what happened last Saturday, because last Saturday it was a lower tier team, early game, maybe one they kind of thought we've got. And who's thinking, you know, you don't take anything for granted the Big 12, but maybe it creeps in a little bit. But what happened Saturday, plus what happens last night, I think really helps BYU at K-State. And I think there was the notion that last night kind of again showed the guys Man, we're really good. You know, let's remind ourselves that just, just how good a team we can be by beating a team like number 11, Baylor, one of the best teams in the country, one of the best offenses in the country comes in, and, and the Cougars looked just tremendous. And, and as Ali Khalifa went, I think went BYU last mm -hmm. night too. Um, you know, Coach Pope, one of his objectives for last night was let's get Ali going again because Ali felt ready to go yeah. again, and you could see it. And you fought, felt it, and you saw it in the numbers. Um, I, I really do think that's a great sign. If, if Ali is back, so to speak, and last night testifies to that. What a great weapon to have for the stretch run. And like his brand was on display too. Like everybody next to him was watching Super Tuesday. It was like, this guy's awesome. He's a unicorn, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I like Mike Boynton called him the seven foot point guard. No offense to Dallin Hall, but he says, you yeah. know, he handles it enough to, to kind of be like that guy out there. And uh, I mean, come on, seven assists and no turnovers last night <laughs> with his 14 points and seven Four rebounds. Four threes. I mean, Ray J. Dennis has the ball the whole night for Baylor. He goes eight and two. Ali goes seven and zero. Oh. By the way, Ray J. was the only player with an assist for Baylor last night. Why the only player? I didn't know. So. so so the eight assist he number is low for Baylor, really low for Baylor, but just one guy had assists. Mm. Um, and, of course, BYU spreads it around pretty well. That was the I, jazz I, I just, for 20 years, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just love it. I, I, you know, and, and Ali's game last night, it was moments. You, talk to, you asked about yeah. moments, right? It, it was moments. You know, BYU's down eight early. Ali bangs a three. Um, it's a tie game late in the first half. Ali hits a three. And then right before the half, another three to push it to seven. Then Baylor takes a lead in the second half for the only time. What's the very next play? Ali gets Noah. Yes. You know, on a wide-open layup. And then... Um, you know, Ali hits a pick-and-pop three from Dallin Hall. That was his last scoring, in fact. Ali scores his last bucket with 14-14 to play, but his impact was felt moving forward. There's one of the most beautiful plays. In fact, I want people to go back and watch this if you can. Just go to your ESPN app and get the game from last night. Go to 7.33 left in the game. It's a beautiful play in which Ali has the ball on the right wing. Richie Saunders oh, yes. runs a fake pin down and even signals like I'm going to set a screen for yes, Dallin Hall. yes. Slips off it, Whoop. loses Caleb Lohner, and goes to the rim, and Ali, boop, boop. And yep. it's just, it just such a beautiful play, and, and it was orchestrated so perfectly. And then the last assist Ali has is a little handoff to, to Trevin for a three. There was a huge three late mm -hmm. to push it to seven. So yep. Ali's moments were big. When BYU needs a bucket, either coming out of a timeout or an early crucial moment, it's going to be Ali finding somebody, probably, for something that looks kind of easy in the end, which it, it isn't, but it, they make it look easy. It was that pass to Richie Saunders that uh, Scott Van Pelt showed last night with Stanford Steve that prompted 
Stan proceeded to say, he's my favorite player in the entire country. It was that play, and it was gorgeous. And it shows the versatility with which BYU operates because yep. BYU runs that, 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 uh, runs that look and runs that, that, that motion where, yeah, you're going to pin, and then Dallin's going to come up and curl. Instead, Richie just you know, fakes it, cuts to the hoop, and Ali, boop, and it was just, uh, yeah. Beautiful moment. It's just beautiful basketball. It's just fun to watch. And uh, BYU at the peak of its powers now with a real tough stretch, obviously, at Kansas State. BYU 2-0 in game twos, by the way, with the opponent. Hopefully it's 3-0 on Saturday. At Kansas, historical opportunity. TCU at home, tough game. Uh, and then, of course, at Iowa State, going to be tough. You hope you beat Oklahoma State. The hope is BYU avoids a three-game losing streak all year. So far, so good. They've been able to rebound really well coming off of losses here and there. Yeah, and, and you're sitting at 7-6 and six with 5 to play. You're two wins away from a 500 record in the Big 12 in your first year in this league. You're three wins away from a winning record in the Big 12 in your first year in the conference. You've got two home games left, but if you can beat Baylor at home, you can, with the same effort, hope to beat TCU and Oklahoma State at home. Well, those would be your two and get you to nine. And, and, and if they find one on the road somewhere, I mean, granted, K-State and uh, rather Kansas and Iowa State haven't lost a home game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so K-State's the one maybe you target a little bit. But again, after last week in Stillwater, it's the great lesson, right? You don't target anything or expect anything. But if BYU can find one on the road, take care of business at home, suddenly you're looking at a winning record in the Big 12 in their first year in this conference. And again, you can't look too far ahead with anybody in this league one game at a time. But right now, 7-6 and six is a great place to be. At the very least, BYU is putting itself farther and farther away from having to play a Tuesday game in Kansas City is what it comes down to. Yes. So you've got three teams that kind of look targeted for that game right now in Oklahoma State, West Virginia, UCF. K-State could be that, that, that fourth team, that, or at least the separation becomes greater if you get the sweep of K-State because then you have tie breaks over K-State and UCF. And, and so the farther you can push yourself away from that bottom tier, the more you avoid having to play an extra game in KC, put yourself in that top 10. I think in the first season in the Big 12, being a top 10 team, getting a first round bye uh, in Kansas City, uh, what a great way to start uh, your tenure in this conference. Spectacular. Well, you've yeah. heard the stat that we just presented. I did. That all but guarantees that BYU is going to have success in the NCAA tournament. And the, only one, I can guarantee, the only one I can guarantee is that BYU will be in the NCAA tournament yes. based, based on my Ken Palm stats. So uh, I've and, got these Ken Palm data, archival things that go back and that prove that BYU will absolutely be in the NCAA tournament because they were yes. a, ten, a Ken Palm top 10 team on, on February 1st. And every Ken Palm top 10 team on February 1st has played in that year's NCAA tournament since the Ken Palm rankings. Book it. Anyway, so they're in, right? Yes. To Omaha, <laughs> to Omaha we go. Come on. Now, to, to it, Pittsburgh we it's go. It's just a question of, yeah, the seeding and where. And let's say the BYU does win nine games in the Big 12, and maybe they get a 10th win by winning a game in Kansas City, and, and they win one at the Big 12 tournament. I mean, is it is it too crazy to think that the Cougars could legitimately be playing in Salt Lake City as a five seed at that juncture. Yeah, I, I think probably five's your cutoff to be there. Um, but I, I think I think if you end up at 500 in the Big 12, you're probably looking at a favored seed in the NCAA tournament, which means seven or better. Yeah. And I think first year in the Big 12, I, I remember sitting down with you guys before the season and 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 you know postseason play. Some kind of postseason play mm-hmm. is a great place to start. Well, it went from some kind of postseason play. To now, well, NCAA looks like it's going to happen. Then you go from there to, could you be a favored seed in the NCAA? And then it goes to, could you be in your backyard in the NCAA? It's all in BYU's first year in the Big 12. For the team, picked 13th 
in this league by the coaches when the season began. Yep. Wild. Pretty awesome. It is amazing. It's been such a wild ride. So fun. And it's a peaks and valleys thing. And, yeah, they, they just went through a bit of a valley last couple of weeks. Um, you know, escaped with a couple of wins, took a hard hit in Stillwater. But, you know, what came of it? I think what came of it was last night and hopefully even better nights to come down the stretch. It has been such a blast. Oh, Big 12 is so many. I mean, every time we sit down with Mark Pope in postgame, uh, and, and, they've, and they've won a game, mind you. This is not his attitude after losses, but after a win, there's just this smile and this exhalation, and it's like, <laughs> is this league crazy or what? And we're, we're, we're succeeding in it. It is just the best feeling. It is yeah. the best, man. Yeah. Thank you for basking with us on this winning I'm happy Wednesday to bask. In the lights of studio. So much beer. basking going on. <laughs> no, Thanks, it, it is so much fun what's going on right now, and Cougar Nation is fully on board. How about the sellout last night on Amazing. a Tuesday night? Amazing. 17,978, and every coach and player that comes in from these Big 12 teams go, yeah, it's a Big 12. I mean, it's a Big 12 gym. It's a Big 12 crowd. It's as good as anything out there. Uh, everyone says it, everyone believes it, everyone sees it. That's the great thing is this is being spread, you know, across the country, what's happening in Provo. It's a special thing. Great awesome. stuff. Thanks, yeah. Greg. Anytime. Check out the latest Deep Blue podcast, Kalen Hall, former BYU running back on it, talking about being the dad of an NFL quarterback, converting to the church, making the decision to transfer to BYU, and more. Check it out on BYU Radio Web. What was your favorite moment from last night's BYU win over Baylor? Our elite response coming up next. This is BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back with our question of the day. What was your favorite moment from BYU's win over Baylor? Depressed underscore BYU fan on Instagram says. You all right? Richie's block at the end of the game. Hashtag Richie the GOAT. That You're not depressed one. today, are you? That was a good one. Uh, Ames Flames on X. The threes dropping. This team is so fun when they get to play their way. Yes. When t- yeah, when a team takes you out of what you do, it's obviously a struggle. But BYU is so fun to watch. It is great basketball. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Jason Gillespie on Instagram who says, the fact that I now have 100% confidence in BYU making it to postseason play. 100% confidence. Yeah, yeah. We've been there for a minute maybe, but maybe it was like 92%. Like, yeah, unless BYU loses the next seven or whatever. It's like, no. But they're not going to. No. They're too good. BYU's dancing, man. Uh, It's just what seed. They're too good. The way to win in the tourney, by the way, is to get a great seed. So keep winning. Today's Rise of Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Ali Khalifa, 14-7-7, no turnovers. Unbelievable. He's he's amazing. Our thanks to today's guests, head coach Mark Pope and Greg Rubel. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Although we did have other NFL players in the gym last night. It's true. Multiple. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Richie Harward. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new BYUSN. Go Cougs! I love says Lord of the Rings tattoo.